good Monday morning. Welcome to Connect, the California MBA's weekly podcast featuring one-on-one interviews with movers and shakers in the mortgage industry. I'm Dustin Hobbs, Communications Director here at the California MBA. We've got a great guest today. I'm excited to get into the conversation with him, and he's got a sort of a unique perspective and outlook on the industry, and I think it'll be a, a fascinating conversation, so we'll get to that here in just a sec. But before we do, let's uh, uh, thank our sponsors over at Incelerate. Accelerate, the leading mortgage lead management CRM and engagement platform that helps lenders close more loans by increasing efficiency gains across sales, marketing, operations, and management, has just recently announced the first of its kind mobile app. The groundbreaking mobile app features full lead management, lead distribution, click-to-call, inbound call routing, first call automation, and two-way compliant text messaging, and provides access to critical loan information without having to use a laptop or log in to their LOS system. It also empowers loan officers by intelligently distributing leads, managing pipelines, prioritizing their day, automating best practices, and personalizing the borrower's journey all from the mobile app. So for more information or to catch a demo, visit Incelerate.com or you can click the, or you actually call the number listed here in the description below. So before we get into the conversation here, let's toss it to Susan Malazzo, our CEO for this week's weekly update. Susan? Thank you, Dustin, and this is Susan with the California MBA here with your weekly video update. This week, I'd like to talk with you about our last two mortgage quality and compliance webinars for the year. On October 8th, we'll have a presentation on the CFPB's new interpretation of UDAP, and our presenters will be Lauren Frank and Sherry Safchuk with the Buckley Law Firm. On October 22nd, we will have a webinar that talks about the top policies and procedures that are missed or messed up and how to get them right. Our presenters uh, for that presentation will be Michael Barone and Scott Weintraub with MQMR, Mortgage Quality Management and Research. So remember, these are free to anyone in the industry and uh, you're welcome to register and join us for um, those events. We also record them and make them available on our website. You can also visit our website to register for either of these webinars. That's it for this week. Back to you, Dustin. All right, Susan, thanks. Good conference coming up here. Another, our last of the year, actually, our uh, legal issues and reg uh, compliance conference here in December. So make sure and check our website for more information and details on that. All right, let's get into the conversation here. I'm excited to welcome Alex Kusitian with Sales Boomerang. Alex is the co-founder, CEO, and chief ROI booster at Sales Boomerang. Alex, welcome. Thank you for having me, Dustin. Yeah, yeah, I think a long time coming here. You've been a big uh, supporter and uh, participant at our Mortgage Innovators Conference the last couple of years, and for whatever reason, just haven't had you on the podcast yet. Yeah, I know, and 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 it's truly one of my favorite events that I've ever been to. It, it was so fun the first time around, and and then um, and and I think there's is there a digital one coming up? No, no, we did that. Our that ours was the one we just had a couple of weeks ago. That was all. Oh all yeah. Over. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. See, look, and during this time when you're home all day, every day, it all seems the same. This is why you asked me earlier, like, how's your day? I'm like, it's going great. Like every day, because <laughs> they all feel the same. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, hey, let's, uh, let's jump into the conversation here. I'm curious. Let's uh, start with your background. I'm, worked, uh, how'd you get started in the uh, business? What led you to uh, uh, co-found uh, Sales Boomerang? So in, in business in general or specifically sales boomerang, you want to hear some of the some yeah, of the story beforehand? Into the you know mortgage side of the business uh, in general. So look, um, what got me into this industry is what got me into business in first place, and and that is just the desire to to build, 
right? My, my personal mantra is uh, to build a great team and to create an, an, an environment where people can grow and prosper. That's it. That's what motivates me in business in general. And so this is my, I've been saying this is my seventh company, but it's actually my eighth company. Somebody reminded me about a clothing line that we did for a while for, uh, for the uh, combat sport uh, line. So, I, so in general, um, how I got into this particular business is um, I had sold my shares in my first software company and I wanted to do something simple. I wanted to, first of all, my wife and I were starting a family and I wanted to do something where I could be around the family and the kids and watch them grow up because I used to watch these videos and, and on YouTube and in general interviews or on Inc or you know Washington Post or interviewing these entrepreneurs or these successful CEOs. And, and when they get to the regret part of, of their life, they say, well, the only thing I regret is not being there for my kids at an early age. And I'm like, this is a consistent problem that I'm hearing. Like everybody successful just doesn't see their kids. I don't understand. And so I had the the ability to be home, build a business from home. And so um, I started consulting. So I was like, I can do that out of my house, started consulting. And um, one of my consulting gigs took me to a company by the name of Rain King, which is a business intelligence company. Um, and I was brought in, basically helped them, 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 Increase growth. That's that's one of my gifts. Is is uh, impact marketing, impact growth. You know, you want to grow five, ten, fifteen, twenty percent a year. Not that interesting. You want to grow a hundred percent or more. I'm your guy, right? And so um, I was helping them there, and then I got a call from a buddy of mine who we'd done business with before in my in my marketing company. We had done their branding and some marketing for their business, and he called and he was going to invest into the software company I had. So he called me. His name is Ken Bartz. He, he's the founder of Monster League Group which is the number one uh, mortgage marketing company for through direct mail in the country. It's just brilliant. Um, I think they're, I think they're now averaging about a million pieces a week of mail. Remarkable, right? I mean, so it's a, it's an amazing feat. Um, so, so anyway, they brought, brought me in and said, Hey, you know, work some of your technology and marketing magic here, help us improve our tech and all this good stuff. And at one point they showed me a very interesting, uh, so I've never seen a mortgage industry before, by the way, this is interesting, Dustin. Everything I know about the mortgage industry is the following. Before 2015, here's what I knew. I knew that you buy a house, which comes with a mortgage, right? You own that house until you sell the house. You then take the proceeds from the house you sold, you put it towards the down payment of your next house, and so on and so on. And at some point, you're in your forever home, and once you sell it, you can pocket that money, right? This is before I knew anything about reverse mortgages. This is before I knew anything. That's how I thought this went. I never knew that a house is a financial vehicle that you can do all kinds of fantastic things with. You can have a HELOC or some kind of line of credit. You can cash out. You can you can use the equity in your home to make investments and do all kinds of things, consolidate debt. Insane. Never knew this existed, right? So for me, the mortgage industry is one thing. You buy it, you sell it, you buy it, you sell it. That's it. So when I get into this consulting uh, practice with, with Monster Lee Group, we were rebranding their website and... Uh, they put this interesting stat on, on, on screen. They said, we want this on front and center on our website. And it said in 2015, they had produced 212,000 unique phone calls for their, for their mortgage lending clients. And that turned into about 19,000 mortgages. Now I looked at this and I was like, hold on a minute. Are we like really shouting and excited about 10% conversion, actually less? And yeah. they're like, yeah, that's a great thing in the mortgage industry. I'm like, okay, I'm confused because I just came from this technology space where, you know, we had the 
in, like instant conversion was around 30%, and then the long tail conversion could be as high as 70%. But here, 10% is like, is like, hey, pop bottles, we're cheering, this is great, right? Like we're literally putting this on the front page of our website. Yeah, it's really good. This how. Okay, so what happened? That that did loan thousand and they were like, you know, camera, camera, camera. Mean what happens? Nothing. I said, well, how are we going to get those people back to them, like back to that lender that, that wanted that lead? He's like, well, they're going to buy mail. We're going to send it, and then they're going to call, and the process begins again. And this is where I got lost, Dustin. I said, I said, Ken, let me understand something. So I called Dustin. Dustin says, hey, Alex, I can help you get a mortgage. I say, you know what? I, I can't do it right now. Dustin says, great. And Dustin wants to solicit to me again, but he can't without sending me a letter that you have to send out. Why doesn't he just call me? And I get the same answer. Like, that's just not how it works, man. This yeah. is this is the industry. It's not, how it's, it's not how it's been done. And so, you know what? One of my mentors, one a good a good teacher and good mentor, a good friend, said, when you hear this is how it is, this is how it is, this is how it is, too many times, there's an opportunity. Right? If something hasn't been challenged, you know, Dyson has been built its entire entire business is, was built on challenging exactly what's been in the market, right? The vacuum cleaner. Nobody's thought about changing it. Let's change it. The um, the the you know the fan. I mean, yeah. what's wrong with a fan? Yeah. Obviously, Dyson figured it out. Be like, you know what? We're gonna have no blades on this thing. Super safe, right? First time ever. So anyway, that's so so taking that that concept, you know, and asking those questions, coming to find out that this industry was just begging for um, evolution, not revolution. Evolution. That's all. And so that's how I got into the space, Dustin. Um, Ken then introduced me to to uh, one of his clients, and he said, "Hey, you're asking lots of good questions, but let's go right to the source." And we went and asked this uh, this lender to give us his turndown deal so we can analyze them. He sent them to us. Coming to find out that 30% of his turndowns were ready to do a loan, and he didn't even know about it. And that's it. Sales Boomerang was born. Yeah. Um, and so, so I mean, you're kind of getting into it. What was the specific problem? I guess maybe diving in a little deeper, the specific problem that you saw that needed fixing. Because I mean, I mean, obviously there's a lot of things in the oh. industry that needed evolution and still need evolution. But sure, you, know, you obviously picked a specific problem. So the specific problem that I found was very interesting is that there was no alignment. Okay, the lenders didn't have a rearview mirror. If they said no to you, or if you didn't fit into a deal today, maybe they dripped email on you. But their expectations of you coming back was very low to none, right? And so literally, borrowers are being left behind, right? Um, and so the problem we wanted to solve is to create this alignment. Like, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Lender, your borrower needs you. Like, there is not one human being that calls a mortgage professional to make a friend. Not one. There is a need. There's a pain or a desire. And to sort of ignore that and say, hey, since you're not ready to fit in a box right now because you don't have the right credit or equity or the rate, then you know we're going to drip email on you. And then when you hear something in that email that you like, make sure you call me, right? So you go to work for me now. I'm the lender and you work for me. When I send you, you know, I say jump, you say how high, that's how it works, right? I'll send you messages, but you need to read them all because I know you will. You never ignore emails. And then you call me when you're ready for a loan, right? That's not how it works. Obviously, the case in yeah. point is 15% you know, retention rate. Well, yeah, and 10% or less conversion. Exactly right. So the the issue that that I discovered or I thought about was the misalignment. 
like just because a, a borrower is not ready to go today doesn't mean they're never ready to go. As a matter of fact, they are ready to go. They will go. The question is who's going to help them. And our opinion, our belief is that it should be the lender they spent the time talking to. So if I called you and I've spent time with you, then you should be the one to be there for me, right? Let's okay. let's create an experience for a borrower. The borrower trusts the fact that the person they spoke to has their back, has their best interest in mind, and we'll reach out to them when they are qualified. Now, until this, what lenders used to do, some of the best producers used to do, is they'd have a box, literal box, or in their CRM, they'd make a note. They'd say, hey, Alex had a 532 FICO score. He needs to be at 620. Let's give him four months and we'll call him back, right? And so then they go, okay. Then they pick up the phone. They say, hey, Alex, how's it going? But the truth is, Alex doesn't know. Alex hasn't pulled his credit. He has no clue if he's qualified or not. So what we wanted to do is make the lender the the expert, the advisor that, that they've claimed to be, right? Every lender, every loan officer says, I want to be your trusted advisor. Well, to advise means you have to have information to advise on. Until Until we started producing this, and obviously there's data out there, but until we start to package this up in a way, that, hey, be the advisor you've promised to be. But to advise means you must have information to advise on. Right now, everyone advises, you know how? They fish. Yeah. Hey, Dustin, tell me something about yourself. Things changed in your life? Oh, there you go. He's on the hook now, right? Instead, now, when, when we can deliver a piece of information about your borrower and say, hey, Dustin, your borrower has a ton of equity in their home. They also have $63,000 in credit card debt and more than 100,000 in tappable equity and their FICO score is above 700. You could probably offer them some sort of cash out or a debt consolidation, help them out, lend a hand. Now you're truly advising. Hey, Mr. and Mrs. Borrower, I'm giving you a call because what we found out is this is what's happening. And my advice would be the following. Instead of paying 23% on your credit card, pay 3.5% and, yeah. and and pay down these debts get your get your um get your debt in order you know um or hey remove your mortgage mortgage insurance or whatever it is you're now qualified for a better rate because your credit score is above 750 whatever it is you're now actually advising rather than fishing and consumers know right we know when somebody's fishing for information we know when they're trying to when, when we're being asked to be put in a box um and, and so that's well, not the really building that relationship there for life. I mean, it's not just then. I mean, if you're actually providing, you know, useful information and and uh, advice. Yes, and that's the goal. That's I mean, that's that's all we kind of desire, right? We kind of we humans have this thing where we want to follow the path of least resistance. That's just how we're wired, right? We're talking earlier about about kids and girls and boys and how they're wired differently. We are wired um, to to follow a path of least resistance. And in reality, the least resistance for a borrower is a lender that knows exactly when a borrower will benefit from, from, from a new financial vehicle. Because what is a loan? I've learned that a loan is just a financial vehicle, okay? And a loan officer is a guide, not a salesperson, just a guide. Like, hey, depending on what your desires are, depending on what your goals are for this home, for this loan, um, we will, you know, let me guide you in the best, in the best way possible. And so what we wanted to think about, and as, as we do on a daily basis, how do we make the experience for the lender more, what's the best way to put it, um, more enjoyable, okay? Because right now, loan officers and lenders, they have to dig, they have to find out, they have to see what, what to do, when to do, how to say things. And so one of the most important things for us in saying that we believe borrowers can fall in love with the lending industry is making lenders and, and loan officers, the lending industry, fall in love with itself and be like, wow. I got this amazing tech that does this. I got this amazing, accelerate, right? I got an amazing CRM that will automate this thing for me and will drop things uh, to my borrowers and to my loan officer. 
and the communication can begin. My loan officer could literally be at a closing, but because of the automation that's that's built into my system, I know it's going to touch my my borrower a couple times before I get free. And when I free, I can do a, a physical touch as well. Like so, these are all ways we can start to enjoy our our business a little more. And I know it's kind of hard, you know, when you think about it, it's like hmm, enjoy what we do a little more. Yeah, think about ourselves at home. Okay, um, you have a couch. And it's an old couch. You get a new couch. You're like, oh, this is great. You have a TV. It's an old TV. You get a smart TV. Oh, life just became better, became easier. That's how we look at business too. How do we make our, our careers a little bit more enjoyable? Because if you've heard this phrase, right? You've heard psychology about this, the phrase, you can only love yourself, uh, love others as much as you love well, 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 you can expect people, people to enjoy working with you as much as you enjoy working inside the environment that you're in, right? If you hate it, you hate coming to work, you hate what you do, and you're going to pass that along. It's going to be felt. Um, and some of the best, you know, uh, loan officers, originators, lenders out there make the environment for their team enjoyable. And so that's, we just want to fit into that exact same stream. How do we make the experience for the lending community enjoyable so they can pass along that exact same experience to the borrower? And then the unity, there's some, there's some, there's some, there's some assignment in, in, in. And so it's kind of what we, what we, what we, what we today, Dustin. So I, I'm curious. You, I mean, you guys have obviously challenged some, uh, you know, some uh, dogma in the industry and uh, some long, long-held uh, practices. What was the biggest challenge you saw uh, when you started the business? Um, you know, it's interesting. You know, when you come up with a brand new category, which is borrower intelligence, um, and you talk to an industry that has on its own, become the biggest industry in the world. How could anyone be doing anything wrong, which there is no right or wrong, if you if you will, when you're the biggest industry in the world? And so how do you tell someone to approach something differently, but really the same way? That's the interesting part. This is, this is evolution, not revolution, right? It's not like, hey, um, we're going to have a, um, you know, a robot powered by your thoughts. Well, that's pretty crazy, right? You got to learn how to control your thoughts to control the robot. That may be hard to learn. That may take a lot of time. This isn't like that. This is literally asking someone, would you like to know what's happening in your customer's life the moment they need you? It's all we want to know. The answer is yes. This works 100% of the time, right? But we had to get to that point. In 2017, this was just the thought. And so the biggest challenge that, that we found was I heard from, from great uh, advisors, including Ken and the people from, from Monster and some other folks from around the industry, that there's this real thing in the mortgage industry called the lazy loan officer. Like that's a real thing. It's not a made up thing. Supposedly, to, and I had no clue, right? I'm just new to this industry, so I didn't know. Sure. And everyone said, um, be careful because people don't really want to learn new things. They just kind of want to keep doing what we talked about this path of least resistance. This is what works. And so the biggest challenge that that we had to overcome was adoption and usage. Like, will people actually use this? And so the way we solve that challenge is by creating a frictionless experience where loan officers never have to log into Sales Boomerang. They never have to remember a password. They have to learn zero new technology, absolutely none and get all the benefits of the program without having to learn anything new or do anything new except for be human and be interested and be curious in the people in your database and the customers that you work with and the desire to want to help them right um so that was a, that was a huge challenge the other challenge was to 
overcome the concept of the realtor is the most important person in a realtor more uh, loan officer relationship where it was very confusing to me from the very start like why would that even be a thought why are they more important than you mr and mrs lender and everyone started to say alex because they have the deals and that confused me even more like they have the deals you mean they bring you guys signed contracts for a mortgage like no 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 they have people that are interested in buying a home i said okay so they have opportunities for you yes but they're the ones that bring them to us okay and a hundred percent of everything they bring closes like no um no uh, some don't close okay so more close or more don't close no more don't close than close okay so actually they don't have the deals they have opportunities and at the end of the day you end up having the deals but nobody knew that because what happens is if i give you 10 opportunities and one closes that means nine people remember nine people still want a house they didn't come to the realtor because they wanted to make a friend just like nobody calls a mortgage company because they just want a friend so i got nine people in my database that actually want a home but didn't find it yet and i as a lender have access to information that the realtor will never have access to because they don't have the permissible purpose to know when a consumer has improved their credit or shopping for a mortgage or anything to do with their with their current credit condition or their situation but me as a lender i do so all of a sudden we showed the lending industry that turning tables not in a bad way not like hey i'm better than you now you got to do what i say but the other way like we're a village we're a team now mr and mrs realtor everyone you sent to me if they don't move forward today we will track their progress and the moment they're ready for that home guess what i'm referring that person back to you and today dustin literally our lenders are referring more business to their realtor clients than the realtors are referring back to them hmm. 10 times more I, I don't even know the numbers of how many more literally um and so what's happened now is you have this real again you hear me saying this a lot alignment we have alignment between borrowers and lenders now you have alignment between lenders and realtors where it's like hey give me your database to manage right i'll help you out we'll work through this together this is a relationship any customer that we can help together will help together i'll refer them back to you and 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 you you start to sell them the home and i'll be there to do the loan let's really work together on the things that i can help you yeah yeah and it and it truly becomes a, a united front and here's the best part the biggest winner of that is the buyer is the borrower right because if all of a sudden i get sent to a lender that turns me down oh alex you got too bad of a, of a fico score we can't get you this house now i'm mad at two people i'm mad at the lender and i'm mad at the realtor how dare you send me to someone to turn me down when neither of us had anything to do with it it's on sure. you but now the message changes it's okay mr and mrs borrower this happens to 50 percent of the people that apply it's okay we have we're a smart lender and, and we work with with as a, as a realtor we work together when your situation improves you don't have to call us we'll call you but you don't want to go shopping around with other lenders because your score will go down every time you get pulled and denied your score goes yeah. down so don't worry about that we got your back you may have a program like a lot of lenders have programs to improve credit scores a lot of realtors may have some programs too great send them there right give them as much support as you can but guess what you no longer have to guess when that score improves you no longer have to wait for a credit repair company to go they should probably bump up by 30 points in the next month that's a guess we will give you the yeah. hey they're there now you're not they say a month well it happened last week so they're actually there already congratulations call them up get the process started so those were the two biggest challenges adoption will people even want to use this do they understand the value the benefit of it um and then the fear of of you know relying on a realtor for everything rather than taking the the opportunities in your own hand and giving back to your realtor more than they've ever given back to you and i really give the team a round of applause for for making that happen like we've we've accomplished 
solving both of those challenges and it's it's been remarkable yeah well let's uh, let's switch gears here a bit um i'm curious with uh, you know this year's obviously been a uh, a challenging year in, in many many ways um, how are you guys as a company handling both the sort of the, the COVID um, uh, situation and also the refi boom that's just kind of swallowed up everyone's time this year? It's amazing. So it's 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 been a it's been a wild year. Um, this is why it's it's important to be flexible. It's 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 important to to be nimble and be ready to make moves quickly. I've seen the biggest companies in the country make moves quickly or in the, in the world. And I've seen some big companies that are just stalled out and haven't figured out how to get it done. I will say this, the mortgage industry deserves a, a real applause for how this industry has, has managed this, this situation that everyone's in. Truly fantastic. Honestly, I, I could not have imagined how quickly, and I'm talking about from the loan officers all the way to the regulators, right? Oh, you don't have digital signs, uh, mortgage uh, opportunities in, in this state? Boom, that's changed, right? Like. E-signatures, e yeah. it went from nope, can't do it to let's get it done, right? Um, and these mobile notaries that can be did, like everything, everything went super fast to go to the next level because it was forced to. And I just want to, I want to take this time to recognize that the regulators and everyone involved from state and, and, and federal level, how quickly everyone came together and, and wanted to make sure that, that we don't fall into the trap from, from previous experiences that this industry has been through, right? Um, so how have we handled it? I think I think it's been amazing. Um, we've continued to grow. Um, we're going to hit um, our hundredth hundredth lender this month. Um, we've we've added uh, thirty five. I think thirty five uh, new new uh, lenders this year alone. Um, even through this time, we've been able to create products specifically for this for this period that we're in, and now they're going to be staple products. So when we found out that EPOs um, were a big issue. In, in the mortgage industry because this is now the ninth or the eighth rate drop just recently yeah. happened but when we when we when we started working on this there were seven rate drops in one year that's never happened in the history of the, of the industry yeah. and so the person that got the loan in may saw what happened and in july is getting another loan and the the you know lenders are losing money losing commissions they have to pay things out so we launched this thing called epl prevention uh so we let lenders know when there is a potential uh early payoff uh, that a borrower may may have, and so we get them in front of that borrower as fast as possible to help save the deal, even if they have to do a loan because the borrower wants to. At least they're not losing the loan and losing all of the commission. They'll get it back on the next loan, right? So, um, you know, I'm, I'm very proud of the team. Uh, again, just for stepping up and seeing the opportunity, and I'm very proud and, and so grateful for our clients that are willing to share with us the pain they're going through and be like, man, if we could solve this um, and and trust us enough to come with us to, to come to us with these concerns. Um, so, as an organization, uh, we've we've done an amazing job moving to a virtual, remote work work environment, and we're going to stay this way. We're not going back to an office. Uh, we have an office if somebody wants to go work, um, but we're starting to hire across the country. We just brought somebody on from uh, from California. We're talking to somebody from Texas. We have somebody in North Carolina, New Jersey, uh, Philadelphia. Um, we're just hiring from all over the country, and it's it's been actually a really cool uh, experience to see that happen. Um, so. I think I think COVID just um, gave us a chance to to challenge ourselves and see if we can come out uh, better on the other side. And, and so far, so good. So you know, obviously, it's it's terrible uh, all the all the things that end up happening from. Um, and uh, we've we've been able to pivot quickly as as well as many others in this industry. So it's been great.
Yeah, well, I mean, it's one of those things where, like you said, I mean, it's a, 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 a very sad situation in many ways, but in other ways, I mean, it definitely forces everyone to think in different ways and, and accelerate some things that were already, some trends that were already happening. I mean, this remote work to work from home scenario was already sort of kind of inching, inching along, but now it's, I mean, certainly it's in. It's here. It's here at this point. It's here. Yeah, there's no, and to your point, I mean, there's, for a lot of companies, there's no going back. I mean, they like the way it is now. It works for them better this way. Their employees are happier. I mean, it's kind of a win-win. Um, yes. I mean, this is truly like this, this, uh, you know, when we talk about challenges, there's um, a, you know, world round challenge or question about what is the work-life balance? And I think we've kind of found a lot of that right now. Is this this work from home with flexibility to go back to an office if you want, but work from home if you want, you know, be able to be at, at the dinner table the minute you finish work rather than having to be stuck in traffic to come back and, and miss things and miss miss your kids growing up and all this good stuff. So yeah, I think the work-life balance thing um, kind of gets solved for the most part too, as long as you're doing what you love, um, then you really um, you really have that balance now. So I think that's another big thing that came from this. Absolutely, absolutely. So a question, you're, yeah. I mean, you obviously you're right on the, uh, the, you know, the cutting edge, the bleeding edge of uh, mortgage tech. And uh, I'm curious, I mean, I've started to see less and less of them, but I mean, for a while there, we were seeing over and over again, and especially some of the uh, trade magazines, you see articles about, you know, LOs worried about automation. They're worried about being, uh, you know, automated out of existence. And, you know, is this the death of the LO? Um, so from your perspective, someone who was working in that automation side of the business, um, what should make an LO more excited than than terrified about the future? Yeah, I love that question. So I, I think I think automation, um, is is actually a good support system human i think i think what you're going to see is be loan officers officers officers, officers that want to be lenders lender space they're going to be in the space and they're going to be supported by technology those that are in it just to make a few bucks and and maybe they'll stay maybe they won't they don't have the passion for it and they're afraid to be replaced well if you are afraid to be replaced because you don't have the what's the best way to put it the drive the talent the the purpose in this space then yeah there's a chance you may be replaced um by something but it's really not by something it's really by someone Some that point. is willing to use technology to support and, and augment some of the things they do but not to replace themselves right so it's it's important to kind of look at this in a way where some people aren't really meant for this industry and those are the people that aren't won't be here as technology continues to evolve because the person I love this and I'm gonna go this is a great big shout out and throw uh, throw his name out there Dave Savage says this all the time and I repeat it everywhere people loan officers won't be replaced by technology they'll be replaced by loan officers using technology right so loan officers not using tech will be replaced by those that are using tech so people aren't going away loan officers and originators in this industry are not going away. There is something to, to be said about this human interaction um, for, for a purchase like this. Now, it may look completely different because, for instance, you know, somebody like Sales Boomerang, working with Accelerate, working with Mortgage Coach, we all integrate together, right? And so all of a sudden you have a situation where you, you have an opportunity that comes into your system and it's it's some sort of lead and you talk to this person and you present them using this total cost analysis what's best for them but come to find out they're 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 not qualified right 
Right. They go into this tracking system. We send an alert. It then sends it sends a message through Accelerate, this automated drop of voicemail, ringless voicemail. It sends them a text, maybe even pings them on social. Say, hey, we can finally get you what you're looking for, right? And then the person that's using all these systems gets the loan done. Now, multiply that times 100. I have 100 opportunities like that. And I myself now can do that. Maybe I get myself an assistant. But here's somebody that's not using technology that's going, hey, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Borrower, oh, you're not qualified? Okay, listen, I'll give you a call back when it's time. And then you call them back. And then they're like, I just took a loan yesterday with somebody that was using Mortgage Coach and Sales Boomerang and Accelerate, right? Like, that's that's the difference. It's not that you will be replaced by a machine. You will be replaced by people that understand how to use technology to support and augment them. And actually, I think technology is, is going to create more jobs, right? I think the more... The more we're able to produce, you're gonna have you're gonna have support uh, a lot of support jobs, a lot of people um, handholding and coming up with unique unique help their borrowers to make people more trustworthy. You're gonna see a lot of uh, loyalty programs for their borrowers where that doesn't really exist today, right? You're gonna see this com community type of type of selling in the mortgage industry where it is realtor, it is lender, it is insurance, it is investor. And they're all there. There's a group of people, and it's like, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Borrower, when you do business with us, all these people come with this with this experience. You have access to insurance professionals, finance, like all of these people are here. Why? Because this financial vehicle, which is your house, which is this mortgage, is probably the largest asset you'll ever have to manage. And we want to make sure you're managing it properly so it becomes a profit center for you. It becomes an investment for you and not a cost and not debt, right? Because what is a mortgage? It's just debt, right? The American dream is buying debt, owning debt, not buying debt, owning debt. Um, but you can actually turn that into something positive when you do this kind of community selling, which I believe is the next iteration of this industry. Um, is is yeah, I mean, dive into it a little bit more. I think that I mean, I think you are onto something there as far as you know what the borrower experience looks like here in in five years. Yeah. So, um, they, yeah. I mean, that's to me. I think I think that's that's a really good approach. That's a really good experience for the consumer and the lender too, right? So if you have this group, if you have this nice, unique group of professionals and i don't know if it's uh, the the lenders bringing everyone together each individual loan officer but i feel like you can then keep them in this in this village right where the insurance person is talking to them come to find out that they told the insurance person that they are switching jobs and have to move well the insurance guy calls the, the lender and goes hey you remember alex he just told me that he's you know the reason he's talking to me about insurance is because he's he's planning to move did you know that no okay great hey you're getting ready to move. Can we help you? Which state? Oh, you're moving to a state. You know what? We don't actually have a license there, but we have a great reference for you. Let me introduce you to this. Right. And then and then it's exactly what the consumer wants. Like, I never have to think about it. I'm always going to have somebody that's going to take care of me. Let me live my life. You live your life. And we do this, you know, kind of in harmony. So um, that is that is maybe a utopian view of, of the of the mortgage industry. Um, you know, ultimately, the future, the way we see it is also about planning future loans and scheduling them ahead of time rather than waiting for something to happen, right? Not knowing. Um, and, and that's really the, the biggest uh, step that we're taking towards that future is coming up with these prescriptive scenarios that a loan officer can share with a borrower the moment they do a deal. They can say, hey, your next best deals are one, two, three. And when these things happen, I'm going to call you. And they're only for you. Dustin, I'm calling you for you. I'm not calling because of your neighbor. I'm not calling because of what's happening in the industry or what's happening in your state. Literally, this this loan is for you, Dustin, because it's the best one for you, and that is how um, we also get ahead of this. Um, what's the best way to put it? This unknown. 
right? This unknown of, I just did a loan. Is it the best loan for me? How long is it going to be the best loan? We don't know. So then everyone advertises and we humans respond to those advertisements and we go with the first lender we speak to 79% of the time, by the way, <laughs> right? So it's like, how do we prevent loan officers from uh, and borrowers from going, well, I can just go to the market anytime I want. No, it's probably better that you go to the lender that did your last loan because they know the best one for you that's coming up, right? So that's kind of where, where our head's at right now. Yeah, no, that's, that's I mean, that certainly is a changing of the uh, the whole dynamic for the future. So that, that'll be curious. I'll be curious to see how that, uh, now you kind of put that in my head. Um, well, let me tell you something, Dustin, on, on, on yeah. that topic. What happens when you have a, a system that can prescribe the best loans for each borrower is you actually have a workforce that's that's even, that's all equal, right? Right now you have what's called top producers. Now you'll still always have top producers because they'll just do things differently, which they should. They'll elevate the game, but here's what we can do right now. With, with prescriptive scenarios where literally you can say, hey, I want to do VA Earls. How many VA Earl deals are in my in my database right now that I can do today, right? And the system puts that together. Or it says, here are the next loans for your... What happens is every single person in your workforce, all your producers are now an even, even plane. I was in the industry for six months. I kind of don't know what I can and can't do for people. The system notifies me the best loan. I understand what it is. I make the phone call. I'm now as creative and as knowledgeable as your top producer who can come up with these creative loans the system can come up with it too. And that goes back to the conversation. But Alex, isn't that replacing people? No, it's the exact opposite. We're actually going to be able to give more people more jobs to say, hey, make sure you understand the industry. Make sure you understand the products. Our system will let you know the best time to contact somebody and with what. And make sure you just become friends with them and tell them about who we are, who we are as a company, what our beliefs are. Why, why are we even in business? Why do we want to help them? And why do we want them to be our client? That is where you can get sort of this really um, refreshing uh approach to to you know the home buying and, and a refinance mortgage industry so i just want yeah, to well, I think you, get, you know acceleration of you know good to great when it, with the loan officers yes. you know and the you know younger loan officers really accelerating their development um so we've got just a, another minute or so here so I, i'm curious I've, I've you know you're one of the guys that i think in the industry that does a, a very good job of getting your brand out there making sure that you're you're seeing everywhere you're, you know, got a good following on LinkedIn. You've got your Bourbon and BS podcast, which I would recommend to everyone. It's uh, always, uh, always entertaining uh, and informative. And so I'm curious because I think a lot of people in the industry are very uh, worried about how I want to be on, I need to be on social media more. I need to be more out there. I just, I'm so overwhelmed. There's so much to do in my mind. I mean, there's so many different platforms. There's so many different opportunities. I don't know where to start. So from your perspective, someone who's kind of doing it right right now, what would be yeah. your advice to a colleague who wants to jump in but just doesn't know where to start? Yeah, so first of all, I would I would first find out if, if social media is for you as an individual. Um, I, I personally don't believe in putting everyone in a box and saying, hey, you're in this box. Everyone's doing social, so you should do social. If you don't do social, you fail. I don't believe that. I don't believe that for one minute. I believe everyone has a process to be successful and has a way that they can make their name known and recognized and memorable. And so... Social doesn't have to. Now, should you have a presence on social? Of course. Um, but do you have to be on social? No. Like that's you don't have to be. But if you're choosing to be and you're saying, hey, I believe I can be a great um, you know, communicator through social media, then jump into it head first. And here's my, my, my biggest advice for you. Follow this. Your heart. Just follow your heart. Bourbon and BS isn't something we came up with and like, hey, let's we were sitting in a lab and doing things and Bourbon and BS came out. No, I selfishly love talking to people. I just love hearing about people's stories. 
and I don't want to talk business all the time, but I'm so intrigued by the people in this industry that I would love for them to share their some of their stories with me. And hey, why not? I kind of like drinking bourbon too. So you marry the two together. I love it. And you post it and people respond to it. Fantastic. I would do that even if it wasn't getting posted. Like that to me is just something I enjoy to do. So my advice for anyone thinking about doing anything on social or doing anything in general, make sure you find something you love to do the way you love to do it. So let's assume, um, you know, Raquel does this well uh, with with her, with with showing off some of her artwork and things like this. There's a lot of people that do it different ways. But if something you enjoy, let's say it's art, let's say it's cooking, let's say it's wine, let's say it's dog walking, let's say you're the best parent in the world and you've taught your kid how to speak six languages. I don't know. Whatever that is, if you feel like you can bring that together, because we all want to know the unique version of you, we can all sniff out. We can all sniff out fakers. This yeah. person is doing it just because somebody else is doing it. We can sniff it out. So just be yourself. Find a language, a message that, that comes directly from the heart that you feel works for you, and then expand on it, grow on it. Just get out there and start doing it. It's 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 the best way I, I can say to do it. Um, and then choose your platform. Obviously, in business, LinkedIn is great, but there's other platforms too. It could be Facebook and LinkedIn. It could just be Facebook. It could be Instagram, TikTok, whatever it is. Once you've chosen, right, if I was a great dancer, which I may be, um, Maybe I would just do my entire thing through TikTok, right? And then repost it in other places, but maybe I would use TikTok as my only form of communication because that's my thing, right? And so best advice, follow your heart, go go with the message that makes you happy. And if if uh, it resonates with people, trust me, they'll they'll respond. Yeah, I think that's great advice. I mean, particularly on being authentic and not trying to, you know, copy anybody else or, you know, and just... You know. Like you said, and it even goes to the platform. I think that's an interesting take on that because I think everyone kind of focuses on, well, I've got to be on LinkedIn, but I think you're right that if that's not the right platform for you and for your voice, then you know, find the right one. So really I'll good advice. Right. Hey, Alex. Oh, good. I'll tell you a story. I, I might tell you two, but I know we got to wrap this up, but I'll tell you one. Uh, I might make it into two. So one story, there was a restaurant that opened in New York. This is a long, this is a story, this is a long time ago when taxi cabs were the biggest thing in, in New York City still, right? They kind of are, but not the same way, right? This is years and years ago. This is probably in the 90s. Um, this this guy uh, opened up a restaurant and had no money left over after doing everything he needed to do, had no money left over for advertising, okay? Nothing. So what did he do? He became really creative. Now, remember, to succeed, you got to advertise. You got to have radio. You got to have da, da, da. No, you do not, right? So here's what this guy did. He printed up a bunch of uh, coupons uh, for a free meal, free sandwich. And he got in a taxi, he would hail a taxi, and he'd say, I need you to go around the block. And the first taxi was like, go around, go around the block? Yeah, I need you to go around the block. I'll pay you for it. Okay, fine, taxi's like, fine. As he's going around the block, this guy's telling the entire menu to this person, and at the end gives um, a card that says a free sandwich. Gets out of the next one, go around the block, boom. Go around the block, boom. And just hundreds of taxis nonstop. So guess what happened? There would be two to three taxis deep in front of his restaurant all the time. Wow. And what, do, what did this taxi driver do when somebody got in his car and said, hey, where can I get a good sandwich? I can tell you. Yeah. Follow me, right? Or not follow me. You're already inside my car, right? And you pull up to this place. So he built his entire business, which became a huge success. still is, I think. Um, all from just taking a cab ride around the block and 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 sharing the the the, the, the sandwich, the beautiful things that he sells. And then giving a card to the to the taxi driver to get a free sandwich. And guess what? It blew up. So he didn't have to do social. Not that social was a big thing then. But my point is this. Every single person he would have spoken to, an advertiser, a marketer, somebody that understands business, would be like, you can't, you got to get a website. You got to go on. You got to have a radio. You got to have big ads. You're never going to succeed without that. No. 
it's not true you can succeed and do anything you want any which way you want just do it fully commit yourself and and find now if it's not working change what you're doing obviously it, that worked for him so that's my whole point it's like look there's no one way to be successful in social or in business or in anything you do yeah no i think that's great advice hey alex thanks again for joining us today i think it's been a, a great conversation some good takeaways i think for the audience so appreciate it dustin always a pleasure thank you so much yeah well and if you've enjoyed the conversation here make sure and subscribe to us here on our youtube channel you can also listen to us on soundcloud apple podcasts and spotify and we'll be back again next Monday morning for another episode of Connect, and we'll see you then.